everybody. Welcome back to the Thinking Theologically podcast, the show where we teach you how and why you should think theologically. I'm one of your hosts, Jack Dodgen, joined by our resident theologian in training, Spencer Shaw. Spencer, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm glad to, uh, to be back recording. It's been a few weeks. Uh, for me, mostly stressful weeks, moving and being out of town and all kinds of uh, stuff. Out of, out of so town it's nice what? to... Uh, well, one was out of town for medical related stuff. Oh, yeah, stuff. that's right. Okay. Uh, and then I was out of town the next week. That one was for vacation. Okay, so so nice. that was... You've had like a stress sandwich. Well, well I mean, w- when you're with your entire family and extended <laughs> family for several days, by the end, it is stressful. Fair enough. Um, and I began with a flat tire and getting pulled over. And so it began stressful. It ended stressful. But there were a couple days of stress-free stuff there in the middle. There you go. And then I moved into my new house, which so, is nice now. Uh, it was a it's a tough uh, process, but you're happy once it's done. And you're like, hey, it's my house, it's great. So that's not so bad. Not so, so bad. Yeah the the major stuff, you know, now that you're there, there's still a lot to get done, but it's not real big stuff. You can do it kind of slowly, so it's kind of slowing down, which is why we're back recording yeah, we're finally. Here. And we're talking about something completely different than what we were talking about before. We told you we would. We didn't know what exactly it was going to be, but we finished our New Heavens, New Earth series and then decided we were never going to record again. Uh, no, we're we're here back with something else, and uh, you've, you've already seen the title, uh, but we're talking about the overvaluing of sex and the undervaluing of marriage, and then the next episode we'll uh, kind of look at that. Uh, in a little bit of a different way. This is very much a world perspective kind of uh, of podcast, and uh, we'll get more into that as we go along. But first, I uh, want to encourage you to check out thinkingtheologically.org uh, for not just these episodes with the show notes, but also uh, other written material. We uploaded uh, stuff on the apoc- apocalyptic, can't say it, apocalyptic, there it is, worldview of go. Jesus. Uh, in his ministry, that's not the title. That's not how we titled it. But all the all the words are there. Uh, it's apocalypticism in the ministry of Jesus was there. The it is title. part one and there part two. Um, I heard it described this way the other day. Not your article, but my sentence just now. Uh, as an IKEA sentence, all the parts are there. Uh, they're just not. It's just not put together. So I had all the words. Uh, but we got it sorted in the end. Uh, but that article is there. It's two different posts. Uh, it was a it was a longer article, but it's a good subject. And we've got uh, a couple articles there. If you don't go to the website or uh, like us on Facebook at Thinking Theologically, then you missed it. So uh, go make sure that you're a part of those things so that you can check all of that information out. Uh, we also want to encourage you to reach out to us us there on messaging or. Personally, if you're friends with us there on Facebook, uh, and of course, Spencer is everywhere else, uh, and you can email us at strongchurchministries at gmail.com and get us there too with questions, comments, or criticisms if that's what keeps you going, I guess. Uh, we're happy to take those things. Uh, we want to shift a little bit away from our... We're still obviously involved in theology, just uh, talking about new creation and all of that for as long as we did. I mean, we did many episodes over that. Uh, shifting a little bit to talking about maybe some more things that are 
more into the cultural bounds of things, of what's happening uh, in the world around us, culturally speaking. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's all going to relate to the new creation stuff and our role in all of that and bringing these things to the right place. But I wanted to shift the subjects a little bit. So uh, that's what we're doing today, overvaluing sex and undervaluing marriage. Spencer, why why this subject? Uh, where Where do we start with uh, this particular topic today. Well, I, I know I've mentioned before on the podcast when we've been talking about like where we're going next, next episode, stuff yeah. like that, that I've got a note on my phone that's got like a million and a half topics on it. And one place that I get those from is conversations with people and things that I see on social media. So again, we mentioned you can get a hold of me on anything. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever. I'm there. One of the reasons is to try to keep up to date with and see the things that people are doing, the way that people are thinking, the conversations that people are having, both inside and outside of the church, right? It can be easy for us, particularly for ministers who are like working full time and all we do is church, to kind of stay in our little church bubble of just our church and just and not know things that are going on outside in the real world. Um, and that's a real issue for both Christians and for ministers alike to be cognizant of is that the world that we interact with on a daily basis may not always be the best representation of what's actually going on in the in the world outside of our little bubbles. Um, and so that's one reason that I do social media. I don't do I don't post a lot, but it kind of keeps me up to date and try to follow and interact with as many people as I can. And in doing that and with, in conversations that I've had with people, and maybe some of our listeners can relate in things that you've seen and heard or uh, whatever it may be, uh, one of the things that I picked up on was that in both the wider world as well as in the church, that there are issues regarding people's evaluation of marriage and sex, the way the world and the way that the church values marriage and sex, I, I think that there are quite a few issues uh, with those evaluations. And so in this episode, we're going to kind of focus on the world side. And then in our next episode, I want to kind of turn and look at the way that the church values marriage and sex and some of the issues that present themselves there. Uh, but first, thinking about the world. Uh, the world's problem tends to be an overvaluing of sex and an undervaluing of marriage. Uh, but before we dive into that, I just want to make a little side note, I guess you could say, about some problems with the term the world. Um, it's th th This is a, a term that we use a lot in Christian circles, right? I'm sure we've said it plenty of times here on the podcast. I'm sure our listeners, I'm sure you've said it and heard it in Bible classes and in sermons and all this kind of stuff. We talk about the world. Yeah. Um, and there are some issues, I think, and some problems I have with the terminology, the world. 
the first is that when we just throw out this term, the world, without any nuance, that is, without any description of what we actually mean by the world, what that does is it lumps together everyone who is not a Christian, or more often, I think, when Christians use it, it lumps together everyone who is not a part of our Christian group. So we have in our minds a definition of, well, this makes you a Christian. And if you don't abide by the list of rules that we've created, sometimes you're lumped in with the world as well. And so sometimes maybe it's just everyone who's not a Christian or who doesn't profess to be a Christian. But more often than not, we mean everyone who doesn't meet our standards of being a Christian, which another a side note to the side note is a very Pharisee way of thinking about things and people uh but we'll save that for another episode maybe um <laughs> add it to the list but the problem with doing that is we're making a generalization but not everyone fits into that description of the world and so i think that's an important thing to mention when we classify the the world whatever we mean by that we have to recognize that not everyone fits that description so let's say we're just talking about people who don't profess to be Christians. And we say, where well, the world does this or thinks like that. Well, maybe the majority of people who don't profess Christianity do think like that or do those things. But at the same time, we have to recognize that's not true of everyone. And I think that's important because when you come across someone in daily life, you meet someone at Walmart or at the barber shop or hair salon or wherever you are, and they're not a professing Christian, you can't just assume, well, they think and live like this, because that's what I've heard the world thinks and lives like. That may be true. That may not be true. Uh, but we can talk about the world sometimes and make generalizations and say things like, generally, this is true. But we have to recognize it's not true for everyone. And we definitely don't need to treat people in a way where we're making generalizations about them before ever meeting and talking with them. That's the whole, you know, discussions about sexism and racism and issues like that, that are real, that are happening in the world. Um, those kind of conversations and concerns are built on the idea of making generalizations about someone because of who they are without ever really knowing those that person. That's what it comes down to. Maybe it's because of their sex. Maybe it's because of their race. In this case, maybe it's because of what they believe or what they don't believe. No matter what the reason for, that's a wrong thing for us to do. Uh, to determine beforehand something about someone just because of some characteristic that they have. Uh, but it, it also assumes that everyone, and this is kind of connected, it assumes that everyone... Uh, throughout the physical world thinks and lives the same way. And by that, I mean, maybe we make this description of the world. We're talking about non-professing Christians. Uh, we have to recognize that whatever we say about the world may just be true for our part of the world. In other, world, in other words, general descriptions are usually only accurate for a particular small location. So, Maybe we say, well, non-Christians tend to, but don't always think like this. Well, whatever this is, that may just be true for non-Christians in the Bible Belt, or in the United States, or in the Western part of the world, or in China, or in India, or, or wherever we are and whatever we're talking about. 
we have to realize that whatever we mean by the term the world and whatever we say is generally not true for every non-Christian, for example, in every part of the world. And again, that's important when we're talking about and we're meeting with real people in real life. Uh, making those kind of statements may not necessarily be harmful when we say it, but when we begin to live it, that's where we begin, I think, to get some problems if we're not defining what we mean by the world properly. And so when we talk about the world in this episode, and I would say probably generally in future episodes as well. And we say that the world tends to overvalue sex and to undervalue marriage. What we mean by the world is that uh, by the world, we mean generally or commonly held beliefs and or practices by people in the United States that are a result of the fallen state of the cosmos because of sin. There's a lot there. I want to mention a couple things real quick, and then we'll go ahead and kind of move on. Uh, I said that by the world, we mean generally and commonly held. So again, recognizing not everyone holds these things to be true. We're saying generally or commonly, that is at least 51% is what we usually mean when we say generally or commonly or usually, mm-hmm. right? Uh, held beliefs and or practices. So things that people believe or things that people do. And these are beliefs that are held by people in the United States. So in our location, people in the United States that are a result of the fallen state of the cosmos, the fallen state of the created world because of sin. Uh, again, you could go back to multiple episodes that we've had that have talked in some way about the fallen state of our world, one being our new creation series. We talked about that extensively and how God is seeking to recreate all things. Uh, but these are beliefs and practices that are a result of a fallen world because of sin. So they're beliefs and practices that do not adhere to the way that God created and designed the world to live. But I want you to notice that I don't make any designation necessarily about Christian, non-Christian, what you believe about Christianity or something like that. Because beliefs that exist in the United States because of our fallen world tend to pervade everybody. Uh, The hope is that they don't pervade the church as much as they do other institutions, but they still do pervade the church. And sometimes they pervade the church even more than other places. Um, And so I want to keep it very open when we think about the influence of the world and not think that, well, because we're Christians, we're not influenced by it, or we don't think in a fallen way because we do. Now, the way that we think in a fallen way may sometimes be different. That's the point of the next episode. But we want I want to keep it open um, and thinking about how uh, people in general and how these beliefs can impact everyone. Um, and not try to limit it too much to them and not us, because it may be affecting us as well. Like I said, hopefully not at the same level. Yeah. But um, that's what we mean by the the, the term world. I just kind of wanted to throw that out there because, I, again, I see it used problematically a lot. And it's simply because we don't ever define right. it. Well, there we go. That's a, that's the definition of the phrase the world as we'll be using it Um today and we will be using it a lot throughout the episode 
here. So, uh, defined terms terms defined. Uh, let's let's talk about sex and the overvaluing of it uh, by uh, that world. Where do you want to start with that, Spencer? Yeah. So I, I mentioned I think I think the world tends to overvalue sex, and by that I mean that the I, I think the world tends to say something like this that. Sexual desire is a good and natural thing. Therefore, individuals should be allowed to express their sexuality in any way they desire and with whomever they desire, as long as it does not infringe on the rights of others. So here are some examples of the way that that seems to look at times. These, This list of examples isn't exclusive, but this is just some ways that this can actually play itself out in real life. Uh, Beliefs that premarital sex is permissible and maybe even desirable to fulfill our basic human needs because, again, sex is a good and natural thing. It's part of our basic human needs. A sexual expression, such as homosexuality, uh, are a perfectly natural lifestyle choice. Infringing on the sexual rights of others, uh, rape, sexual assault, things of that nature, is not permissible. Because again, you, you're allowed to express your sexuality in any way you desire, with whomever you desire, as long as it doesn't infringe on the rights of others. And it begins to infringe rape, sexual assault, sexual harassment, uh, things like that are not permissible because those begin to infringe on the rights of others. And I think... And maybe someone will message us, tweet me, TikTok me. I don't know if TikTok's a verb yet. Can you TikTok <laughs> something? So. <laughs> um, uh, but you can Facebook something. You can tweet something. Those have become not just nouns, but they're also verbs now. Uh, TikTok will probably, a uh, Snapchat's a verb and a noun. I'm sure TikTok will come along soon. Uh, so maybe you can TikTok me uh, and say that that's not an accurate representation. But I think generally... Uh, the the world would agree to that description of how uh, the world tends to view and think about sex. And I think that's an overvaluing of sex to say that uh, because sex is a good natural thing, it's almost like, well, you have to express it. And it has to be allowed to be expressed in any way, in any shape, in any form that you want to. Um, now in the world's belief about sex, there are some things that the world gets right. And I think that's important for us as Christians to recognize that good things, things from God, things that are good and beautiful and useful can be found in all kinds of places outside of the church. I think that's an important principle for us to realize that most things are not entirely wrong. And that's true with the way that the world tends to view sex. It does get some things right. And the thing that it gets right first is that sexual desire is a good and natural thing. God created us as sexual beings. In Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 18, God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. 
The man gave names to all cattle, and to the birds of the air, and to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. God created us as sexual beings. He created us as man and woman. And so sex is a good and natural thing. It is part of who we are as human beings because God created us as sexual beings. And so that extends to also recognizing that things like sexual attraction, whether to the opposite sex or to the same sex, is not a sin. It's not lust in the way that Jesus talks about it because it's natural for us to be sexually attracted. Uh, Hopefully in some episode down the line, we'll delve into that idea more. I don't want to here because that's not the point. But the point that I want to make is to be attracted to someone is natural. It's part of who we are as human beings. When, When you get married to someone, how did that start? You saw them and you were attracted to them. And so you went and talked to them, right? That's how it starts. That's natural. That's just part of life. The problem becomes, we'll get into this more as we continue, what do we do with that attraction? That's where sin, that's where lust, that's where those things come into play of, okay, I'm attracted to this person. Then the question becomes, where do we go from there? But the attraction is natural because we're created as sexual beings. Part of that is to be attracted to one another. That is a good and natural thing. The world recognizes that. That is absolutely true. That's absolutely biblical. We see it here at the very beginning in Genesis in the way that God created and designed us as human beings. Another thing that I think the world gets right is that infringing on the sexual rights of others is not permissible. I think that's something we can all agree with, hopefully, that rape, sexual assault, sexual harassment, a sexualizing Another human being, whether a woman or a man, uh, in whatever way that we decide to do it, in the words that we say, in the jokes that we make, in the thoughts that we have, whatever it may be, that doing those kinds of things is wrong. That's not the right way to treat another human being. Um, I'm hoping I don't have to say any more than that, because I think that's something that most And hopefully all of us can agree on that that is wrong. The world says that. We as Christians say that. That's something that I think we can agree on. But that doesn't mean that the world gets everything correct. There are things that the world gets wrong. One of the things I think the world gets wrong, gets wrong, it's evaluate sex. Is that just because we have been created by God as sexual beings does not mean that we get to use our sexuality in any way that we want. Just like any other gift from God, our sexuality is meant to be stewarded in the manner in which God designed it. So think about another example. 
Uh, God created us as emotional beings. We have emotions. Uh, we feel pain. We feel anger. Uh, we feel happiness and joy. We, we have these emotions that we feel. Those emotions are natural. Uh, and an emotion is not a bad thing. It's not bad to get angry. It just says it's not bad to be happy. But I think most of us understand it can become wrong how we respond and use those emotions, right? If we become angry and hit someone, that is wrong. If we become happy that someone is sexually harassed, as we just talked about being wrong, that's wrong, right? It, it, the emotion itself is not wrong, but the way that we're using the emotion is yeah. wrong. And so we have to steward that. We have to, God calls us to use those emotions in the way that he created and designed those emotions to be used. And it's, it's the same way that, uh, you know, a hammer was designed for a nail, not for a screw and a screwdriver for a screw, but not a nail. God wants us to use those tools that he's given us in the right way to use a hammer for a nail and a screwdriver for a screw and not vice versa. The same thing is true with our sexuality. It's a gift from God. It's meant to be stewarded. That is, it's meant to be used in the way that God created and designed it to be used. And God's design for sexual activity is meant to take place within the confines of a marriage between one man and one woman. And so that's the way we are meant to use our sexuality, to steward it in the way that God created and designed it to be used. So where the world may generally say, well, you can, because sexuality is natural, because it's a good thing, which as Christians we should agree with, the world may say, because of that, you can use it in any way that you want. The Christian would say, no, I agree that it's a good natural thing. But because of that, I actually say you can't use it in every way that you want, because it's a gift from God to bring great benefit, great joy, good things when it's used in the way that God created and designed it to be used. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, I will get more into it with the next episode, I think. Um, but uh, when we, we talk about this particular subject, there's very much a, uh, it's very easy to, however you define the term world, uh, it can be very easy to go, okay, here's where they are. And they're wrong about all of those things. And here's where we are. And we're right about all of these things or, or here's where they are. And they're wrong about all those things. And we'll talk about how wrong they are on all of these things. And then we miss all of this stuff here that, uh, Spencer talked about at the end of there is a design for sex. There's a proper place when it, with it, uh, understanding that is what leads us to have proper stewardship of those things. Uh, and keeping it in its proper confines as it was given to us here. Uh, but I'm sure we'll spend more time on that next week of uh, hopefully properly valuing it uh, as as church people uh, and Christians in the way that we talk about it. So that's the overvaluing of sex. I think most everybody would agree with that's generally what we see, again, within our culture and in most of the interactions. There have been some, and I was thinking about something I read earlier this year, um, uh, an article that we would very much consider some amount of dissent uh, uh, in the culture, which 
was actually good news, I think. Um, but those are few and far between. Uh, there's very much this do whatever you want, just don't infringe on other people, and that's otherwise anything else goes. Um, and there's some right to that. There's also some wrong to that. Uh, and we got to make sure that we know both those pieces. So that's the sex part. Uh, now we want to talk about the undervaluing of uh, the marriage relationship. Uh, Spencer, tell us uh, about that. So it's connected to the overvaluing of sex, I think, which is why we put these together. Part of, yeah. I think, the result of overvaluing sex tends to lead to undervaluing marriage. And so I, I think a generally held belief within the world is that marriage is not something that has to be pursued. And perhaps marriage is not even something desirable, something that someone should want to desire to pursue. Uh, First off, because sex and procreation can happen through other means. If you're free to have sex with whomever you want, then there's no reason uh, to get married for the idea of sex and procreation and having children. That can happen in other ways. Uh, But also belief that my selfish interests should take precedence over getting married and having children. Um, selfish interests is just anything. I, I'm more focused about my, on myself than I am about another person, my possible spouse. That kind of makes it hard to, to get married if I care more about myself than the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you're not going to want to settle down to have children if it's just you that you care about. Because first off, it's like, well, I want to have sex with multiple people. I want to have sex with whomever I I can as often as I can. So I'm going to keep going around and doing that. Uh, Maybe I want to focus on a career or traveling or something like that. And so uh, I care more about getting things for myself than I do about being married and having children. And that's a good thing. And so I'm going to focus on myself uh, and leave behind all those other things. Hmm. Uh, the, the the marriage things. And like sex, <clears throat> I think there are certain things in this that the world does get right. And I think the first thing is that marriage is not something that has to be pursued. Again, it's not undesirable. We'll get to that in a minute. But it's not something that every single person has to pursue. Uh, For example, Paul talks about that regarding singleness uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, In verse 8, Paul says, To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is well for them to remain unmarried as I am. Uh, Skipping down to verse 32 of the chapter, Paul says, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the affairs of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about the affairs of the world, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried woman and the virgin are anxious about the affairs of the Lord, so that they may be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about the affairs of the world, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to put any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and unhindered devotion to the Lord. We're going to talk about this point more next week. Because I think the church takes uh, this uh, takes the idea of marriage to an extreme where 
everyone has to get married, yeah. that that what it means to be a Christian is to get married and to start a family. And that's just not what scripture presents. Right. Getting married and having a family is a good and a beautiful thing, but it's not something that's for everyone. It's not something that everyone has to do or everyone has to pursue. You're not a better Christian because you're married and have a family than if you're single without a spouse or children or whatever it may be. So to an extent, the world does get that right, that marriage is not something that has to be pursued. Again, we'll talk about that more next week. And there's nothing wrong with uh, doing things for yourself as not as long as you're not selfish about it, right? I, I don't think, again, we'll delve into this more next week. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, you know, I want to do a little bit of traveling before I settle down. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything overly selfish about that. that. That's a fine thing for someone to do. Um, and so there's some truth in that idea of the world uh, that, that the world has. But the world, again, gets some things wrong. And the first thing it gets wrong is the idea that, you know, to some, marriage is something that's not even desirable. Again, if I can have sex with whoever I want, if I'm the most important person in the world, then why pursue after sex, I'm pursue after marriage. And I think, again, while there may be some hints of truth in that, that is greatly undervaluing marriage. Because marriage is a beautiful, God-given thing that I think is desirable, even if not everyone is called to be married. Right? Paul, Jesus weren't married. That's perfectly fine. That's what they were called to do. Uh but that doesn't mean at the same time that marriage isn't a beautiful and desirable thing for those that are called or led to be married. Um, and we could list a ton of reasons why, uh, but three that I put down, Genesis 2.24, uh, the two shall become one flesh. You have the idea of two becoming one, of the intimate connection, the intimate partnership, the knowing each other on the deep level that comes with marriage that is a a beautiful and desirable thing. Um, in Ephesians chapter five, we get the idea that marriage witnesses to the world of Christ and the church, that a Christian marriage, when it's functioning like God intended it, that the love between a husband and a wife is meant to reflect the love between Christ and the church. So that a Christian marriage can actually reflect to the world, the relationship that we have with Christ. Uh, Genesis one twenty eight. after God creates man and woman, they are told to be fruitful and to multiply and to fill the earth, right? So you have the idea that having a family is a good thing. Again, it might not be for everyone for multiple reasons. Some can't, right? For some, it's not right for them. It's not what God has called them to. It's not what God is leading them to. They, they can, but it's not right for them, just like marriage. Again, Paul, Jesus, weren't married, didn't procreate. That's fine. Uh, but that doesn't mean children aren't a good thing. Children are a blessing to the, their parents. They're a blessing to the world. It's part of fulfilling that vocation that God gives to human beings to fill the earth and subdue it, to have dominion over the world. The idea is that when we go out and we fill the world with, in our modern broken world, fill the world with Christians, fill the world with people who are living as image bearers of God. When we talked about Genesis in the uh, series on new creation, we talked about how to be in the image of God 
is to be God's representative on the earth, to, to, to rule and to live in the world in the way that God created and designed us to live and in a way that reflects the way God created and designed the world to live. And that's part of the reason that we're uh, told to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth and to subdue it, to fill the earth as God's image bearers and to rule the earth in the way that God designed everything to function. Well, <clears throat> one of the ways that that's lived out is through Christians and through families and through children of us spreading through the world and fulfilling that call. But at the same time, recognizing that that's not for everyone, that that's not something that you have to do. There are other ways to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. There are other ways to be image bearers of God than getting married and having children. But that is one way to be image bearers of God and to seek to make the world a better place, I think. Um, and so having getting married, having a family is a good and a beautiful thing. Um, but the other thing I think it's important to realize is that not pursuing personal gain, but rather marrying, having a family, and perhaps even doing things like staying at home to care for your family is a selfless act that I think is an emulation of Christ. We're going to talk about this more on the flip side next week. But again, it's not something that you have to do. Again, I said, I don't think it's a bad thing for someone to say, before I settle down, I want to travel. Or a husband and wife get married and they say, you know, we want to spend some time for us before we start a family. Recognizing that some are not called to marriage and a family, uh, to recognize that, you know, a a mother or a father, it's a perfectly fine thing for them to go out and work, to do things that they love, to that they enjoy, or to do things to provide for the family. It is also a perfectly good and selfless and beautiful thing to stay home, take care of children, take care of the family. Um, I think we get into some problems when we want to say one is inherently spiritually better than the other. But... Again, we'll talk about that more next week. But on the world side, the world would, I think, sometimes say, well, it's it's always the better thing to look out for yourself, right? Rather than getting married, rather than having children, rather than staying home, the world would generally say, look out for yourself first. And then if you have anything left over, you can spread it out between spouse and children and all that kind of stuff. Um, again, I think that's undervaluing. Uh, being a spouse, yeah. being a parent, uh, caring for your family. Uh, I put in the show notes Philippians 2, uh, where Paul says, uh, for us not to look to our own interests, but to the interests of others by having the same mind that Christ had, who gave up his spot in heaven to come to earth to die for us. And I think that we actually model Christ when we care more about others than for ourselves. And that's part of what it means to live as a Christian is to do that. Is to care more about others than for ourselves. And so to say that it's the best thing to look out for ourselves first, I think is not a Christian thing. Not that it's wrong to care about ourselves. Not that it's wrong to do things for ourselves. But our first concern should always be for other people rather than for ourselves. And sometimes, again, not always, but sometimes in the context of marriage and family, it might mean giving up what I want to do for the sake of a spouse or my children or whatever that may be. 
But again, that looks different for different people and different families. And we'll get into that more next week. Uh, But I think one of the big things for us as Christians to realize is that there's multiple ways for these things to look. And so the world in that aspect, I think that's true for both marriage and sex, is the recognition that, yeah, these things look different for different people. But maybe the world takes some of that to an extreme. You know, always look for your look out for yourself. Don't worry about marriage and children. Have sex with whoever you want. Use your sexuality however you want. Probably taking that a bit to an extreme because of an overvaluing of sex and maybe a little bit of an undervaluing of marriage. Got nothing to add to that. Um, I will have some things to say next week uh, or next episode with the maybe the overvaluing of marriage, but uh, I'll save it for then. So uh, that'll be a wrap for for this particular episode. I want to reiterate the things that we said earlier as far as reaching out to us with comments, questions, criticisms, all that sort of stuff at our email, uh, strongchurchministries at gmail.com, social media for Spencer Anywhere, uh, or Facebook for the both of us, and our Facebook page, Thinking Theologically, uh, we'll answer those pretty quick. Uh, and then also check out thinkingtheologically.org. Uh, I want to say in addition to the subjects that we're covering right now, uh, I'm in the middle of a, a preaching series on uh, body and sexuality and those things, and so we'll probably add those to the website as well. So you'll want to keep uh, on top of that stuff because uh, good information on uh, homosexuality, transgenderism, abortion and uh hookup culture the overvaluing of sex so got all sorts of additional stuff that'll be coming your way on that website so check out thinkingtheologically.org we'll see you next time for the uh, undervaluing of sex probably and the overvaluing of of marriage should be a good episode there hope you enjoyed this one we look forward to hearing from you and we'll see you next time